Welcome to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast, the podcast for special educators who are looking for personal and professional development. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Reeve. For more than 20 years, I've worn lots of hats in special education, but my real love is helping special educators like you. This podcast will give you tips and ways to implement research-based practices in a practical way in your classroom to make your job easier and more effective. Welcome back to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. I'm Chris Reeve. As I record this, many schools are going into their fifth, sixth, or seventh week of homeschooling, distance learning, whatever we're calling it these days. And while I think and I hope that the burden is getting easier for both educators and families, I think it's really starting to wear on everyone. The struggle is very real. There are a few things that I know. I know that families are struggling with behavior, and they're also balancing their own work with their children's work and trying to motivate students to engage with them as instructors. And they may just be feeling at a loss about what to do to keep their child learning going. And I know that educators are struggling trying to make sure that what they're providing is meeting those needs as best as they can. They are sad because they miss their students and their students miss them. Educators are dealing with all new technology and a whole new way of planning and teaching. And with so little time to prepare for this, they're trying to make sure that their students have what they need in a situation in which they can't meet all their needs the way they could in a classroom. So I want to start by saying to families and to educators that this is not going to be perfect. No one expects either of you, either group, to be perfect. And we need to embrace the unperfectness, if that's a word, of it all, and just get through it. I talked in episode 32 about some coping strategies for both educators and families, and it might be worthwhile revisiting that episode now. And you can do that at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 32. In addition, to practicing all of those coping strategies that we teach our students to, to deal with stressful situations. We also can brainstorm some ways that we can integrate instruction into daily routines for families. Because let's face it, our families had their kids in school. They weren't homeschooling unless you are a parent who was homeschooling, in which case these strategies still apply. And that means that fitting instruction into their day can be really tough. Especially since many parents are working from home, others are still looking outside, working outside the home. And this is a really long time to be trying to balance everything. So to me, one of the most natural ways for families to teach and assure that students don't lose their skills is to fold the skills into natural activities that they would do at home. I've also heard many of you say that some of our students are not really enthused about having schoolwork at home. Some engage in challenging behavior when they're presented with new material. And integrating naturalistic instruction in the day may help to get around that issue at least a little bit. So what is naturalistic instruction at home? It's building number skills into playing games. It's building reading into cooking dinner. It's following a template to set the table, and it's turn-taking with a family member in a simple game. 
What skills get targeted are obviously dependent upon the student. It's the perfect time to practice life skills, and it's always a good time to target language, communication, and social skills. So to help with that, this episode is going to focus on three ways that instruction can be embedded into daily routines for families and three ways, and maybe a few more, that educators can help with that process. So let's get started. Let's talk for a minute about what it means to embed instruction at home. I've talked about this a bit in episode 31, where I talked about distance learning, and you can find that episode at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 31. But I thought I'd be a bit more specific in this episode about ways to do this. And there are some freebies in our resource library and videos in the blog post for this episode that can help with it as well. You'll find the link in the show notes, or you can just go to autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 35. In addition, I'm going to share some videos and cheat sheets in the Special Educator Academy this week to help you guys help families integrate this type of learning into their daily routines. So if you aren't a member, you might want to give us a try. We have a number of workshops on distance learning, as well as downloadable tutorials to send home to families. And I'm going to be adding to those this week. So hop over and get your free trial at specialeducatoracademy.com. So let's start with functional skills. One of the easiest ways to build learning into daily routines is to focus on teaching life skills around the house. At school, we often would do this with task analyses and very highly structured instruction. And while students respond well to this, sometimes generalization outside our training environment can be difficult. Well, here's the silver lining, if you can call it that, of instruction at home. No generalization is immediately needed. Granted, you will need to generalize the skills when the student lives outside their family home, but for now, it's about integrating the learning into their household routines where they live. So families, this means that when you're folding the laundry, give your child a few items to fold. Show him or her how to fold them. You can model it for them. Then have them do it. You can guide their hands if you need to, and then gradually let them do it more on their own. Other things that you could do with this is you could include cleaning the table, setting the table, clearing the table of dishes after a meal, counting the utensils, setting the table, doing common household chores like dusting or wiping the counter. And you could even use your phone to make a quick video of you doing the task, and that way your child could watch it whenever they need it without you having to remodel it for them. And video modeling, which is what that would be, sometimes works better for our students because they can rewatch it as it's needed. And I don't know about you in this time of what we're going through, but if you've ever watched any tech tutorials recently about things like how to use Zoom or other apps online, I'm betting that you've rewound them a few times to figure it out. I know I have. So some educator tips for doing those functional skills. Teachers, you could also send home videos of these common tasks for the students. So you could make the videos and send them home. And this was actually one of the ideas I shared in episode 33 that paraprofessionals might be able to do. If they could record some of these videos, if they were if they are working during this time, then that would be a really great thing to send home. And you can find more of those ideas at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 33. 
In addition, it might be helpful to make the family a task analysis of the skills, which basically means just a breakdown of the steps that they're working on. And you could do that with or without pictures, depending on your student and your ability to get materials to the family to use. Uh, if you want to send it by picture with pictures, then send via Google Slides and they can then share it on their phone or their tablets so the students can go through them and they won't have to print them. And this way, they're always practicing the same consistent steps in the same order. And that can be really helpful to build the structure of that activity for those students. So they're not learning it different ways with different people in the house showing them how to do it. A second thing, in addition to functional skills, are games. Games are a really great way to encourage language and social skills, but they also can provide an opportunity to practice math skills and reading skills. So let me share some of those ideas with you. Scavenger hunts. I talked in episode 31 about scavenger hunts, and you can still download those in my free resource library or my TPT store, and I'll make sure to put the link in the show notes on the blog post. Those are really great ways to find common items around the house or in the yard and talk about them to build language skills. That's actually one of the videos I'm going to add to the Academy this week. You can play I Spy. I Spy is another great game for building language. You could do it by taking a describing things just in the general environment, or you could go get a set number of items if you need to kind of structure the playing field a little bit uh, that they could choose from. So practice taking turns with the child. So first I say, I spy something blue, and he has to name me something blue. And then it's his turn, and he gets to say, I spy something big, and I try to guess of all the big things that are in the environment. Uh, that's a great way to work on language, on observation, as well as helping others see what you're seeing, which is really perspective taking. So it's also helpful for that. It's also really good for describing. Another option or another opportunity are board and card games. We can play board or card games to work on turn taking, being a good winner and a good loser, and to work on counting. So with board games, have them roll the dice and count how many. They count the spaces to move up and down the board. They count the number of cards that they're dealing out. You can even work on on multiplication. Each person needs four cards and there are four players. How many cards are you dealing? Use the cards as your manipulatives. You could also do it with division. You dealt out eight cards to two people. How many did each one get? Bingo is an awesome game to play for matching, for language skills. You can do first letter of words. You can do sight words. You can do categories. You can do so many different things with bingo games. Picture bingo cards or bingo cards that are made for matching letters or sight words are a really great way to practice identifying items in a fun way. So you could have items that are in the kitchen or you pull out a card and and you've got things that are in the kitchen, the bedroom, and the bathroom. I pulled out a card. It's something in the kitchen. And so they have to mark something on their card that goes in the kitchen. You could do hokey pokey. Big fan of the hokey pokey, even though it really might not be what it's all about. Uh, this is a great game for practicing recognizing body parts, following directions, and just getting some general movement into the day. And there are some visuals in our resource library as well that I've put on Google Slides, so it'll be easy for families to access them to play. 
Um, so I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well, but it's library.autismclassroomresources.com. Simon Says. Simon Says is a really quick and easy way to practice listening. It's also really good for following directions, but did you know it's also really good for improving impulse control and executive functioning? Because you have to really listen and not go on automatic pilot in order to be successful with it. There's another one called the questions game. Uh, I'll actually put a video in the uh, blog post about this because I did it for a quick tip Tuesday. But essentially, it's just writing questions out on popsicle sticks or paper, Jenga blocks, anything else that you want to use, and then taking turns with the students asking and answering questions. Questions like, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? What shirt are you wearing today? Who tucked you in last night? Um, And I kind of walk through that through one of our Quick Tip Tuesdays. So I'll put that video in the blog post. Magical Mystery Bag. In this game, you put common objects into a box or a pillowcase and your students draw one out and then you can ask them questions about it or you can have them tell you about it. Uh, So they pull out a pen. They could say it's purple. You write with it. It's a pen. It goes with paper. Um, All different kinds of things that you could say so that they could say. So I'll put a video in the blog post from this one that I also did for a quick tip Tuesday. Finally, cooking is another great activity at home that you can embed learning into for regular routines. I have a cooking activity in my store that has distance learning review tools and picture recipes, and I'll link to that in the blog post as well. But in general, when cooking, you could have the students identify ingredients, identify cooking utensils by getting them for you, measure ingredients using measuring cups and measuring spoons, read the recipe to you. Follow directions, stir, pour. Learn about science of heat, like turning water into gas by boiling it. Practice safety skills, like learning that the stove is hot or knives are sharp, and so you can work on those skills. Motor activities, like stirring, pouring, sifting. And you could also, at the end, have them recall what they did and what they made. So you could cook for meals or you could have a special cooking activity one one day a week and just make a simple recipe. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. So let's look at some tips that educators can do to help families. So I want to share some ideas for educators on tools and supports that they can share with home to help the families make it work for them. First, I would say sit down and brainstorm your students' goals and match them to activities that they might do at home. So where might these goals fit into their everyday life at home? Obviously, if they're working on advanced calculus, maybe not. But many of our students are working on skills that they need to use every day. So how could they do that? From that, I would make a list of targeted goals with activities. So based on the skills that are being targeted with the student, make the parents a list of potential games or home routines that they could embed those skills into. So if you're working on counting, think about all the things that happen around the house that the child could count. Working on requesting, do a quick list of all the students could things a student could request at mealtime or during play or, or during a game. And this list with ideas that help families immensely because I think all of our kids are kind of spinning. And for many of them, they may not have thought these things through. 
Um, and it's just really hard to think on the fly, especially if it's not something you're used to doing. As educators, this is something we're used to doing every day. These things come to our minds much easier than they do for families. And more ideas are always better. I talked uh, earlier in this episode about making videos for families. That's something that would be really helpful, whether it's folding laundry or wiping a table or playing a game and facilitating language. You may be able to do a model if you have other people in your household that you are okay with being on camera, or you could just talk them through how to do the activity. Uh, Very similar to what I do with the Quick Tip Tuesday videos you'll find in the blog post and some of the videos I'm going to share with Academy members. So you can make videos on your phone. You can send them home. They do not have to be perfect. Please recognize that when you are doing videos or conferencing with families, they don't really care what the background is and neither does the kid. They care about what you are saying and that you are there. So I hope that these provide some ideas of ways that you can fold learning into the day without having it be super stressful. These are very stressful times. And the last thing that we need to do is stress out students and families additionally. If you have some ideas for incorporating learning into natural routines at home, I would love to hear about them in the free Facebook group. Uh, If you're an educator and you can find that at specialeducatorsconnection.com. And if you're a member of the Special Educator Academy, look for those videos and printable distance tools that are coming your way to help. And if you're not a member, find it at specialeducatoracademy.com to start your free trial. And finally, thanks so much for joining me and taking the time to listen today. I really, really appreciate it. I would love if you like the podcast, share it with a friend, write a review, anything you can do to spread the word. I really do appreciate your time. And if there are any topics that you would like to hear on the podcast, make sure to share them with me as well. So I hope you're well, and I hope I'll see you again for the next episode next week. Thanks. Mm -hmm.